woke up this morning. That's right. I love Monday mornings. You heard it, folks. I love Monday mornings. Woke up this morning, 3 a.m. Pow! On the dot. That's right. Five minutes before my friend, Coach Isaac, woke up this morning, ran downstairs quickly because I was excited to get into today. Ran downstairs quickly, grabbed my hashtag Rise and Grind Planner. Boom. Grabbed my planner at the top of every page of the Rise and Grind Planner. There's a quote submitted by an actual Rise and Grind member. It's my favorite part of the planner, which the new ones will be coming out soon, Black Friday, unless you're at the event, you can get them early. But I popped it open and there was a quote contributed by Christine Casey. And Christine Casey's quote was very simple. And so we're gonna start today off with this very simple quote for you. Make time every morning for yourself. If I had a mic, I'd just drop it. Make time every morning for yourself. I don't care what you got going on in your life. I don't care if you got eight kids. I don't care if you're traveling around the world. I don't care if you're broke, you're destitute, you're depressed, you're anxious, or you're joyful, you're glad, you're filled with purpose and, and, and wealth and success. Either way, it don't matter. Make time every morning for yourself. Nobody told you this when you were young. They told you you're being selfish. They told you to focus on everybody else. And I'm just here telling you, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Make time every morning for yourself. We're going to make some time for you right now here on Hashtag Rise and Grind today. So let's go ahead and dive in today's episode of Hashtag Rise and Grind. Thanks, Christine. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? there's no excuse for you not pushing yourself to the next level in order for you to create a new you you must have a new mindset when teams come together we can create things that are greater than the sum of all of their parts creator of what is going to be the number one most watched morning show in the world. It is 5.30 a.m. and I hope that you are ready to rise and grind. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Dude, today is Monday. That's right. Today is Monday, October 4th, 2021. And what's crazy is today is the very first and... 
the very last time it'll ever be monday october 4 2021 so i want to make sure we make the absolute most and i do mean the absolute most of this absolutely incredible incredible day listen i hope that you had an amazing weekend as a matter of fact go ahead and drop it in the comments if you're there on facebook or you're over on instagram i want to know what you did this weekend i hope you had an amazing weekend i hope you had a phenomenal weekend i had you had had hope you had one of those over the top memorable beyond belief type weekends that's what i hope that you had in your world and i would love to hear what your weekends looked like my facebook is acting crazy so i can't see yours i'm gonna try to find that but that's not a surprise facebook's acting crazy on me we had a uh a great weekend at the lundy's we definitely had a great weekend uh, my wife she had 14 yeah you heard it my wife had 14 mcginia was in albania that's awesome claudette had a good weekend my wife had 14 uh tweens is that what you call them like kids between age 11 like 11 and 12 right like 11 and 12 year old girls she had 14 of them um at the house my because my daughter savannah had like a little sleepover thing so they're not quite teenagers yes i guess they're called tweens or whatever but she had 14 12 year olds can you believe that got rid of all the other kids uh, she sent them off she kind of had people having sleepovers over here and there except for the little one of, of course caroline so she had the 14 tweens and she had caroline i think she might have had oakland two or two year old that's what she did this weekend i don't know she says it was a great weekend i wasn't really there because i went to nashville tennessee with my daughter willow and willow and i had a blast we went to nashville tennessee we went to uh, Opryland. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go to that hotel resort. It is unbelievable. There's nothing like it. And so we drove down to Nashville. It's about three and a half hours. Went to Opryland. And to be honest with you, it was, it was I've been doing one-on-ones with each of my kids and I let them pick wherever they want to go for their trip. And so I've been going to Disneyland, Universal Studios, going to SeaWorld here in a couple of weeks. And with when my daughter chose Nashville, I was like, okay, cool. Nashville, I don't have to pay for plane tickets. We'll stay at Opryland. We're just going to do that like water park thing, right? We'll do the water park thing. It's not too expensive. I thought I was getting off cheap on this trip. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no way. No way whatsoever. So we did the water park, which was great. My daughter got to swim with, her, in her mind, a real life mermaid, right? It was magical. She was swimming around the lazy river with this woman that dresses up. I talked to this woman's husband and he was like, man, this is my wife's dream job. She literally like is a mermaid for a living that's what she does um, and so she was swimming around with with the with the mermaids which was amazing uh, and you know i figured we'd do the water park we'd do the hotel it wouldn't be too bad but then you know willow wanted to add on she said okay well we're going to do some trick-or-treating because they were doing some trick-or-treating at the park and so we did uh we did a little bit of that which trick-or-treating you know that was fun uh and that, and that was cool that wasn't cheap but then she took me shopping she was like, we got to go to the mall. So we went to the mall and we went shopping. And I got to tell you, this girl's got a very expensive taste. Like I, she kept going into Kate Spade and all these other places. I was like, no, nah, girl, that ain't, that ain't happening. And then she wanted to ride the robots. So we rode the robots that were there. And then she wanted to go to a movie. So we went to a movie that was there. Y'all know how expensive movies can be. And then we played arcade games, spent a couple hundred dollars in the arcade, right? Like, and then candy, 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 candy. 
candy, candy. She wanted more candy, so there was lots of candy. We went to Madame Tussauds, the wax museum, which was absolutely phenomenal. And then at some point, she was like, candy, 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 candy. And so I had to get her some more candy. And I just got to tell you, man, this little girl kept me on my toes the entire time. It was like going from one thing to another. And what's crazy, man, is this little girl is so observant. Like each of these trips, I've learned so much about my kids. She's so observant. Like she pays attention to everything. Like she was even asking me questions in the car. She was like, daddy, I noticed that a lot of places seem to be having now hiring signs. Why is it that everywhere is hiring? right? Like she's just observant and she's very curious. And she asked these questions that you wouldn't expect to get out of a seven-year-old little girl, right? She's brilliant IQ through the, through the roof. And she is attracted to so many like different and unique things. That's what I really love about Willow is she's not She's not like into foo-foo. She's not like foo-foo rainbows, butterflies. She's not that type of little girl. She could do those things. She likes an occasional unicorn. She's got some Crocs that are tie-dye. Like she can do some color. But if you ask her her favorite color, she'll tell you her favorite color is black. And when we were at the place, she really liked, like she would see a pirate and she'd be like, I'm all about the pirate, right? We did this uh, this virtual roller coaster thing and we did one with aliens and she was like, eh, that was okay. And then we did one called Carnival that had like all these scary clowns and she was like, that's what's up, right? Like she's she's into that that kind of stuff. Uh, we saw a witch standing by the river, one of the witches there for the Halloween thing. And she was like, ooh, a witch. And we like ran over there and she was like listening. And I said, are you gonna go talk to the witch? And she goes, nah, that's a good witch. Those are no fun, right? And I was like, girl, you're crazy. She didn't want nothing to do with the witch because it was the good witch. She only wanted to see a bad witch, right? But it's crazy. Like she's really an amazing kid. She's incredibly grateful. This is what I took away. She was incredibly grateful for every experience. And yet at the same time, she was ready to move on. Does that make sense? Like grateful, present. I'm right here at the water park. But at the same time, she was ready for like, what's next? But it wasn't like ADD type what's next. It's not like she couldn't focus or couldn't be present. She was 100% present in everything that we did. But at the same time, she was ready to move on at the snap, like at the snap of a, of a finger. You know what I'm saying? It was incredibly, it was incredibly uh, phenomenal and powerful to watch. And she was incredibly polite. She's super well-mannered. She has a strong heart and a passionate curiosity. And so this morning, as I was thinking about her and I was thinking about the weekend, I thought, you know, if I were to describe Willow in a poem, I would say this. This is what I would say. This is how I would describe her as a poem. A mold unlike any other, a generational misfit, a beautiful array of intelligence and the wisdom of an old soul, a splash of rebel, a pinch of sass. She is the girl that will never be forgotten.
Speaking of poems, this week, like I love to read. I love poems. I love books. I read my automotive magazines to stay in the know. Like you name it. I love to read. And I love to read often, right? There is so much knowledge to be gained through the power of words. And so this week, I'm going to share with you uh, some of the knowledge I've gained through through different books. And we're going to we're going to crack this series open a series this week. And the series is simply titled books. That is the name of the series. Nothing fancy. All right. It's a book. It's a series titled books. But before we go too far, y'all know what we got to do. We gotta do some dancing, folks. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Get a move. We're gonna mix it up on the music a little bit this week. All right? We're gonna mix it up a little bit on the music this week. Come on. Can y'all dig that? I can dig that. Let me know if it's too loud anywhere. If you can't hear me, you should be able to hear me. But listen, for those of you that know, those of you that don't know, this is the part of the show where I need you to hit that share button. That's right, I need you to hit that share button because I believe if we can change the way people start their day it'll make a massive impact on this planet I truly believe that and sometimes all it takes to change the way somebody starts their day is for you to hit that share button if you're on clubhouse hit the plus sign if you're on Facebook or Instagram share it out this is also the part of the show where I want to say good morning to you I want you to say good morning to me whether you're watching live or you're watching on replay say what's up I'll say what's up back. Fair enough? Fair enough. You people on Instagram can't hear the music. You probably like this dude's crazy. And that's okay. What's up, Ann Farrell? Great to see you. How you doing, Michael O'Brien? Appreciate you. Love the topic of books. Yeah, let's dive in, bro. What's up, uh, Jacket? M-O-T-G. I see Alloy Artist. I see Megana. Over on Clubhouse, I got Sarah and Ramon and Dr. Rowe. I see Amanda and Tamara, TM and Justin. I see Renee and Dr. Nadia, Dora, Maria, Bernita, Dakota. I see Pam and Jackie and Katie and Megan and Christina. I also see Maureen is in the house. I see The Blind Master and Wendy and Trust and Dean and Tony Moe and Tina and Scott and The Doctor. I see Curtis. The fastest man in the world is in the building. I see Solana and Janice and Top. I see Liza Myers. Voices. What's up, Linda? How you doing, Nikki? How you doing, Kate? I see Tony's up in here. And Rocky, my girl Rocky, the Instagram master, is in the building. I also see John Gayheimer's here this morning. What's up, Evan? Frank Thomas, Marilyn Wilkins, Gwen Mays. Good morning, John Gayheimer. Good morning, Don Sankey. Good morning, Spencer Nicholson. Uh, good morning, Amy Kennedy. Good morning, Nathaniel Banks. You guys have been talking so fast over here. I can't see any of them. Good morning, Jamin Newhoff. Good morning, Marcus Ellis. What's up, Whitney Wells? How you doing, Jody Tibbs? Vicky Everett, good morning. What's up, Jojo Larichia? What's up, Leisha Watts? How you doing, Terry LaPierre, Janelle Griego, Julie Lentini? Oh, my goodness, everybody's with me here this morning on Hashtag Rise of Grind. I love it. We only got 25 episodes left, folks. 25 episodes left of Hashtag Rise and Grind. And we're going to be celebrating the 1,000th episode of Hashtag Rise and Grind. We're going to be celebrating that in Lexington, Kentucky, November 5th. All right? The 1,000th episode. We're going to do it live. You can come join me. You can be a part of the live studio audience. We're going to send this sucker off in style. So come join me after we celebrate that 1,000th episode. I've called all my friends 
all my friends that speak around the world, those that entertain, my musician friends. We've called everybody and said, hey, let's throw a big old party in Lexington, Kentucky, for God's sake. And they all said yes, and they're all going to be there. We had a big meeting last night. It was going to be incredible. And I want you to join us there as well. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, go to growforgod.com. That's right. Go to growforgod.com and join me and all my friends in Lexington, Kentucky, as we celebrate this momentous occasion, the end of an era and the beginning of something new. With that, let's kick off this series, Books. So the earliest writing discovered by man is titled the Epic of Gilgamesh. And the Epic of Gilgamesh is a uh, mythologized account of a historic figure called Gilgamesh, clearly, right? And Gilgamesh was a ruler around 2500 B.C., and this, this story of Gilgamesh was written on clay tablets. Now, this, this, these clay tablets obviously weren't very portable, <laughs> weren't very portable at the time, and they were quite fragile, right? Enough rain would wash them away. If you were to drop them, they'd break apart. But even though they were fragile and definitely not porta portable, they were a modern marble at the time, right? Think about this ability to, in the written language, be able to pass on a story, right? To be able to leave behind a story for someone that won't even be, uh, like, won't even live in the same time, right? Like, you're going to die, you're going to pass away, you're going to move to what's next, and here they are coming behind you. Like, how incredibly impactful is that, right? So for the first time, they were able to capture a story, in a way that can be handed down from generation to generation. I find that absolutely fascinating. Now, fast forward to a little over 3,000 years ago, or I'm sorry, fast forward to a little over 3,000 years from then, from that very first clay printing, 3,000 years later, 3,300 roughly to be exact, we're gonna, um, which takes us to 868 AD, okay? 868 after death. There was a Buddhist book from Dunhuang, China, called the Diamond Sutra. So the Diamond Sutra popped up, and this was created by a method called block printing. And block printing used panels of hand-carved wood blocks in reverse, right? So in China, you know what Chinese language looks like. I'm assuming you know what it looks like. And it's usually different like characters and pictures and so on and so forth. So they would hand carve these things in reverse into a wooden block. 
And then they would take their inks, press the paper, the, the parchment paper on top of the blocks and created this first paper book, light, easy to travel. They rolled it into a, like a little scroll and they were able to pass their words and their stories in this incredible, incredible way, right? Now this method later uh, became the inspiration for the printing press, which is ultimately what blew up books for us as far as technology goes. But I just want you to think and imagine how, what a modern marvel that was, right? To hand carve and think about the, the work that it took to hand carve each character so that they could then tell these stories, right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable the energy and effort people went through to be able to pass down stories from one to another. Now, fast forward, and there are now, according to Google, this is an actual number, there are 129,864,880 published known books in the world. Now, as they broke down this number, they did not include multiple volumes of like scholastic things. Um, if something had multiple volumes, they just counted it as one, et cetera, et cetera. But with that said, there are exactly, Google says, 129,864,880 published books in the world, in, including, including ones by many of our uh, Breakfast with Champions people. Like we have a bunch of Breakfast with Champions people that have books, right? I know my, my man Ramon's got a book um, up there in the corner. Um, bunch of them, right? Bunch of Breakfast with Champions people have books, including our friend Tamara Andrus, who just released her book and recently went number one bestseller in nine different categories across Amazon, which is amazing. Uh, congratulations, Tamara Andrus, on that. She is our most recent best-selling author. We have many in the Breakfast with Champions group. She is our most recent. Her book is titled Always Becoming, and so you got to go check that out if you haven't. But that is one of the 129,864,880 books that are out there. Now, of these books, the Bible is number one of all time, 3.6 billion copies. The Quran comes in number two. But if you were to leave off or take out, if you were to take out the religious or theological type books, you would get an incredible list of the top five books of all time. Number one is a book called Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. And this book has sold 500 million copies, which is insane. The second would be a book called A Tale of Two Cities, written by Charles Dickens. And this book has 200 million sold copies out there in the world. Number three of our top five is a book called Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, with 150 million copies sold. Number four is a book that you might have remembered from your childhood. It's a book called The Little Prince by Antoine de, de Saint-Exupéry. His, na his name is hard for me to say. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. 
a book called The Little Prince with 142 million copies sold. And rounding off our top five is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone with 107 million copies sold. Now, if we go to a series, Harry Potter leads the world. They've sold 700 million copies of their series. The second best-selling series, I'm so embarrassed to even say this out loud, America, world, what is wrong with you? The second best-selling series of all time is the Twilight Saga. <laughs> good for them. I mean, good for them. Wow, unbelievable. But yeah, the Twilight Saga, number two in the series. Now, those books I just read off, Don Quixote, A Tale of Two Cities, Lord of the Rings, The Little Prince, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. My question I have for you is, what do they all have in common? And if it really, if you really think about it, it comes down to two things. They all come from a place of wild imagination, right? Wild imagination. And then they also have something called the hero's journey. Now the hero's journey, if you've never heard of it, the hero's journey is a 12 step process that most amazing stories in real life, as well as in book form are attached to. Now this hero's journey was written by a guy named Joseph Campbell. And basically he breaks down that there are 12 stages to the hero's journey. And I'm gonna share those 12 stages with you right now. What do Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo all have in common with the heroes of ancient myths? What if I told you they are all variants of the same hero? Do you believe that? Joseph Campbell did. He studied myths from all over the world and published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, retelling dozens of stories and explaining how each represents the monomyth or hero's journey. So what is the hero's journey? Think of it as a cycle. The journey begins and ends in the hero's ordinary world, but the quest passes through an unfamiliar, special world. Along the way, there are some key events. Think about your favorite book or movie. Does it follow this pattern? Status quo, that's where we start. One o'clock. Call to adventure. The hero receives a mysterious message, an invitation, a challenge. Two o'clock, assistance. The hero needs some help, probably from someone older, wiser. Three o'clock, departure. The hero crosses the threshold from his normal, safe home and enters the special world and adventure. We're not in Kansas anymore. Four o'clock, trials. Being a hero is hard work. Our hero solves a riddle, slays a monster, escapes from a trap. Five o'clock, approach. It's time to face the biggest ordeal, the hero's worst fear. Six o'clock, crisis. This is the hero's darkest hour. He faces death and possibly even dies, only to be reborn. Seven o'clock, treasure. As a result, the hero claims some treasure, special recognition or power. Eight o'clock, Result. This can vary between stories. Do the monsters bow down before the hero? Or do they chase him as he flees from the special world? Nine o'clock. Return. After all that adventure, the hero returns to his ordinary world. Ten o'clock. 
new life. This quest has changed the hero. He has outgrown his old life. 11 o'clock, resolution. All the tangled plot lines get straightened out. 12 o'clock, status quo, but upgraded to a new level. Nothing is quite the same once you're a hero. Many popular books and movies follow this ancient formula pretty closely, but let's see how well The Hunger Games fits the hero's journey template. When does Katniss Everdeen hear a call to adventure that gets the story moving? When her sister's name is called from the lottery? How about assistance? Is anyone going to help her on her adventure? Hey, Mitch. What about departure? Does she leave her ordinary world? She gets on a train to the capital. Okay, so you get the idea. What do you have in common with Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo? Pretty amazing, right? Pretty amazing. So see, your life is supposed to be a series of heroes' journeys. Each one leading up to the next one. A process that we go through as we continue to explore this amazing thing called life and figure out figuring out what it means to us figuring out what the best version of ourselves looks like constantly leveling up in an epic series of events right that's what your life is supposed to look like that's how the greatest stories are told now, regretfully, sometimes we get so stuck in that middle part, right? Where we're going through the trials, we're trying to slay the monsters. And I think that sometimes we can forget that it's all part of what's next. You see, my daughter Willow totally gets this. She 100% can be present and be grateful for the experience that she's in. And at the same time, she's prepared for what's next. She holds no grudge. She holds no, uh, there's no, you know, it's instant forgiveness. She's not, she doesn't ever dwell on where she is because she understands it's a part of the journey to get to what's next. You see, friends, there's a hero that exists inside you. It's part of your DNA. You see, you, I believe, you and I are children of God, the God of the universe, the God that made everything, the ultimate hero, the ultimate hero's journey. If you think back to the journey of Jesus, it starts mundane and ordinary. And then there's a series of events and stories and all of the challenges ultimately that this hero has to face, ultimately ending in his death on the cross. And then there's the resurrection, which is the new resolution. He's now leveled up. He's now more than a man. And he's taken upon him his reward. Or I should say, our reward is that he's taken upon him the things that keep us from spending eternity in heaven, right? Epic. And that is your father, right? Your father is the God of the universe, the God that made everything. And so in you is this hero and you too will continue to go through this hero's journey. And I highly suggest that you go grab uh, Joseph Campbell's book, uh, uh, The Man of a Thousand Different Faces, I believe is the title. Go grab his book, learn about this journey, figure out where you are in the journey so that you can know what to expect next.
Listen, friends, this is going to be a fun week. We're going to dive into the different books and different strategies and different takeaways. We're going to talk about this a little bit more over on Clubhouse right now. So you're welcome to come join me over there if you want. I hope you'll stick around. We got 24 more episodes of hashtag Rise and Grind. But with that, go out there and be a hero today. And I'll see you again tomorrow morning, 5.30 a.m. Because we're going to do this all over again on hashtag Rise and Grind. Have an incredible day. Stay woke, stay woke, stay woke, stay woke. Catch that rising grind, catch that rising grind. First thing on my mind, early in the morning time. Daily motivation, feeling so divine. Waking up the nation, catch that rising grind, catch that rising grind, grind, grind. Catch that rising grind, grind, grind. Catch that rising grind, grind, grind. Catch that rising grind.